I am resolved. Sing it out here. I am resolved no longer to linger, charm by the world's delight. Things that are higher, things that are nobler, these have alert my sight. I will hasten to him, hasten so glad. anymore hasten but we know what that means don't we we're gonna run to Jesus we're gonna run so glad and so free Jesus greatest highest I will come to thee may that be your heart as we head into the new year that nothing else is going to come before the Lord nothing else is going to make you run faster than to Jesus amen well we're glad you're here and I'm glad to be back Sarah and I were out last week uh, tuned in though uh, watch your service uh, with Sarah's family there as they have a reunion pretty much every Christmas Eve. Uh, but that was a wonderful time and, and, and loved watching the worship. And boy, I was so delighted to hear about the two decisions for the Lord on Christmas Eve. So praise God, he is moving and working through people's lives, saving souls. And, and that's why I say, you know, we, we're going to always talk about Jesus and his birth at Christmas. Not everybody does. Some people don't, they don't say, oh, Jesus might have not been born on 25th. Let me tell you this. You use every opportunity that people talk about Jesus to point them to Jesus, right? I mean, if the world's going to talk about Jesus, we are too as a church. Amen. So love talking about the Lord and his birth at Christmas time. What a wonderful time that was. The singing was amazing. The children's play. It was just a great month. So thanking, thanking the church for their service that time. Uh, we also want to praise the Lord for what he did through Lottie Moon, Lottie Moon Offering. Christmas offering Lottie Moon was over $11,000. I mean, that is amazing. Coming up close on doubling what we wanted as our goal. So that, that is amazing. So praise the Lord for what that's going to do with international missions as we are funding, helping to fund international missions, getting the gospel to the world around us. 
I failed to mention too, by the way, welcome. And if you're visiting with us in that bulletin, you're going to find a welcome card. If you would fill that out for us, that's going to help us keep track of your visit and help us reach out to you. And there's little boxes by the doors. If you're a visitor, you can put those in for us. And the last by way of announcements is just that we're back to normal with the new year. So Wednesday, uh, adult Bible studies, children's Bible studies, all that's back on. And we hope to see you there. Anything else, brother? Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to be with us in our service today, his service. Lord, we thank you for bringing us here. Uh, you are not only the reason for the Christmas season, Lord, you're the reason for everything. And, and we are so humbled by what you have done in our lives that while we were still sinners, you sent Jesus to die for us. I pray that would never be an old message. I pray that would never be something that we just yawn at. But Lord, we would always be in awe of your mercy and your grace and your goodness to save us while we were sinners. And Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that presents itself every last day of the year, a time for reflection, a time for renewal, a time for a, a refreshed, pledged commitment to you, Lord. I pray every person here, as they're bringing in, no doubt, stresses from the past year, worries from the past year, anxieties over the new year, Lord, I pray we would all be able to trust in you, laying down our fears and worries at the feet of the cross, knowing that you have us under your protection. And so, Lord, help us to seek you this new year. Help us to look after you as a church this new year, uh, knowing that you are our guide. You are the perfect sovereign king, and, and we have nothing to fear. Lord, I thank you for our church, how you've blessed it, and our pastor, and his wife, and, and just the deacons, and all those who serve, all the staff. Lord, every, every worker behind the scenes. Lord, thank you for a great year uh, that you have done here at the Corner of Hope. Lord, I pray for our service today that you would speak clearly through your word, through Brother Greg, uh, that if there's any visitors here today that don't know the gospel, they would hear it clearly and plainly today and trust in you this day. Lord, I pray for our music as well, that it would touch hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, turn to a person near you and give them a good welcome. Maybe you see someone you haven't met yet. <laughs> sing together. Tell me that story of Jesus. Great one for the new year. Tell me the story of Jesus. Right on my heart everywhere. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Tell how the angels in chorus sang as they welcomed his birth. To God in the highest, peace and good tidings on earth. Tell me the story of Jesus, write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Asking tempted, yet was triumphant at last. Tell of the years of his labor, tell of the sorrows he bore. 
Listen here, you, you might say hymns could be old-fashioned, but there's nothing that tells the story of Jesus quite like a song like that, amen? And that, that, that's timeless right there. I don't, I don't care what people's preferences are personally, but it tells the story of Jesus like that. That's what's important, right? Amen. Amen. What a great song for the new year. We're going to sing another one, Here I Am to Worship. We're so glad you're here to worship. And this is, uh, was this becoming an older worship song now, Marcia? I mean, it's officially 20, 22, something like that. So 23 years old, so uh, look, again, time doesn't matter. What the words are that matters, the music that matters, and how it stirs us to worship. So let's worship through this song. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see Beauty that made this heart adore you Hope of a life spent with you So here I am to worship Here I am to bow down Here I am to say that you're church here we go here i am to worship here i am to bow down here i am to say that you're my god you're all together lovely all together worthy all together wonderful to me 
hardship cost to see my sin upon that cross. I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. So here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Light of the world again. Step down into darkness, open my eyes, let me see. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful this morning that uh, you let us worship you, that you're not a God who's just far off, that you created us for your glory. Lord, you chose to make a way to redeem us back to yourself. So today as believers, we come together, Lord, as satisfied customers in Jesus. You're the answer. Maybe somebody's here today and they're searching, they're looking, they're wondering. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit is so clear today in a person's life that there's no way to leave here and reject Christ. Have your way. To God be the glory. Great things you have done. And all God's people said, Amen. As you're seated, I'm going to go ahead and dismiss our kids to Children's Church up to third grade. It's been a little while since they've been together. And here's what we believe in our church. We believe it's a big deal to be in church. Amen. Give them a good welcome. Will you do that? And I want to encourage you this morning to take your Bible and join me in Matthew chapter 13. Next Sunday morning, we will resume our series through the book of the Gospel of John. Uh, so this morning, we're going to close out, and uh, it's hard to believe, is it not, that we are on the threshold of turning the calendar to 2024. And if you were to ask me as a boy about 2024, I would say something like this. The space age. And here we are. Here we are. And God has been so good to us. As Cody mentioned we did have two decisions on Christmas Eve, and what a blessing uh, just to see God continuing to move, and we praise the Lord and look forward to hopefully these following the believer's baptism. Maybe you're here today and you're a believer, a Christian, you've given your life to Christ, but you've never followed in believer's baptism. I want to encourage you, 
I want to encourage you to come today at the end of the service when we give an invitation, say, Brother Greg, I need to follow in baptism. And I'll tell you what that would be. That would be a great start to your new year, okay? So I hope you will be part of that. I've always been counseled in preaching to preach on something when it's really not an issue in your church. I mean, it's very easy to preach, like, you know, maybe folks aren't getting along and you preach on unity and things like that. Well, this morning is one of those messages because I have never been around a more giving group of people than First Camden. I've never seen a church growing up and as young married when Renee and I served in church, I've never seen a group of giving people like I pastor right here this morning, and I praise the Lord for that. So this morning, I want to preach on giving. You'll say, well, Brother Greg, hold it. Hold it before you start. No, I really believe God's got a message for all of us. If you're here today and you're a faithful giver, thank you for faithfully giving. If you're here today and you give sometimes, I pray that the Lord leads you to be faithful in your giving. If you're here today and you don't give, I'm asking you to trust the Lord in your giving. And you'll say, well, why are you doing that? Because God has called us uniquely right here together in a small town with a heart of a giver. And I believe because of that, we can bless other churches and we can bless other ministries and people for the glory of God. Now, when he built this building in 04, I don't believe he allowed this to be built to become the little empire in the little town. I believe what he did was, I'll give you a better tool to continue to take the gospel to the community in which I placed you, and I praise the Lord for that, don't you? I praise the Lord for that. Well, in Randy Alcorn's book called The Treasure Principle, he tells the story of a, a Hebrew, an Israel man, who's walking along on a hot afternoon, and he decides to veer off the road to take a shortcut. And as he veers off the road, he comes to an uneven field that required him to use a staff to help him from falling or tripping. As he began to walk across the field, he would drive that staff into the ground, and about the third or fourth step, he noticed a different sound. He picked it up, and he put it back down, and he got the same odd sound one more time, and he realized that he was not hitting a rock. He stooped down and began to dig, and minutes later, he uncovers a case that is covered with gold fringe. He pries it open. His heart is beating fast. I wonder what's inside, and to his amazement, he opens the lid to find gold coins, jewelry, and it looks like precious stones, something more valuable than he could ever imagine. He's thinking to himself, some wealthy man must have buried this here. Maybe he's gone now and is the only one who knew it existed. He turns toward home, and now he's not plodding through the field. He's skipping. Man, what a find. Unbelievable. I've got to have that treasure, he thinks to himself, but I just can't take it. Because the law says whoever buys a field assumes ownership of everything in the field. How can I afford to buy it? I'll sell everything I have, and that should be enough. 
And from that moment on, the discovery that this traveler makes changes everything he does. It changes his life because he keeps the treasure in mind. In Matthew chapter 12, your Bible probably has something like this uh, listed uh, around, or I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 13. Your Bible probably has something listed like this around verse 44, Matthew 13, 44. Something about the hidden treasure. If your Bible has that, say amen. Okay, keep in mind the parable is a story that Jesus paints with a visual brush to help you get a spiritual lesson. So here he is. Verse verse 44. One verse parable. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like the treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for the joy, I want you to circle the word joy, and for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Now, in this parable, some have have defined it or preached it or taught it this way, that uh, the parable here is about people finding the treasure of Jesus Christ. If you believe that, say amen. That, that certainly could be the lesson here. For some, it's about Jesus giving his life to obtain the treasure for us. Amen? It certainly could be the picture of the parable. Regardless of how we try to define it, it all comes down to the joy of finding eternal treasures in Jesus Christ. What does that mean, Brother Greg? That means that when you give your life to Christ, that your heavenly home is awaiting. That means when you give your life to Christ, there's a better day coming in eternity in a perfect place called heaven with a perfect God, amen, a perfect Lord. Now let me tell you this. Heaven requires a reservation. The older I get, the older I act. And I like a reservation. I like going somewhere where I know there's a seat waiting on me. I like going to a ball game that has a seat. I like going to a concert that has an assigned seat. Uh, You'll say, call me old if you want, I don't care. But that just takes all the guesswork about what's in front of you. Let me tell you something. Heaven is in front of every believer in this place this morning. But you better understand something about belief. It's not the kind of fairy tale belief that this season offers. It is a saving faith, placing your all in your one and only hope, our Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, not in the Southern Baptist Church, not in the fact that you're here this morning, not in the fact that you just finished reading through the Bible, I pray that many of you did, but it's in your faith and the only one who can save you, redeem you, offers hope, and his name is Jesus Christ, and all of God's people said, amen. That's good news. That's good news. But this morning, I want to talk about sharing buried treasures. Because the picture of the parable is, he's willing to do whatever it takes for the treasure. And I'm glad this morning that when you think about what God's done for us, he simply asked us to come by faith. He simply asked us to surrender our lives. I believe our uh, 
hymn of invitation as I surrender all. He, he simply just wants us to say, okay, Lord, here it is. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Uh, this is all I, Lord, here it is. Here it is. Uh, if I were to have uh, a resolution for 24, and I know resolutions are cheap. I mean, I can tell Renee anything, right? I'm going to quit eating Little Debbie Swiss rolls in 24. That may last about a week. That may last about a week. We can say anything. But maybe if, if I were to say, Lord, some things in my heart that I would really ask you to change in 2024 is for my heart to be pure and that you would help me be what you see is what you get. Flaws and all. F-L-A-W-S, flaws. Flaws and all. Lord, here I am. Here I am. And I'm telling you, I'm looking out over the church family. Some of you have battled through 23. I mean, I'm looking at a family that continues to grieve. You're battling. Had we known what was in front of 23, we would not even want to have gotten out of bed. There's a God who carries us, a God who loves us. There's a God who loves you. His love for you hasn't changed one ounce due to your circumstance. He loves you, amen? And, and he wants us to recognize this treasure that we have in him and in him alone. Now, this parable really, to me, speaks this morning about possessions, about money, and about possessions. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, verse 23, buy the truth and do not sell it. And do not sell it, keep it. Keep all wisdom and instruction and understanding. I, I love that. Isaiah chapter 55, verse one says, Ho, everyone who, who thirsts, come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Come to the waters, why? Because it's a gift. It's something that he gives us. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why? Because he's the one who's paid for this treasure that you can have. Um, have you ever found something like that, like the, like the traveler in the field just discovered something? Um, I remember years ago, I grew up in Northridge, and despite what you think of Northridge and North Dixie Drive, in Dayton, North Dayton, it was a great place to grow up back then. I mean, you could walk home from school right up North Dixie and never once have a thought about anything bad happening. And uh, there was a Dairy Queen on North Dixie, and one day my buddy and I went down to Dairy Queen and ordered a hamburger and got to our order, and we went outside only to discover that there was a second one in there. There was a hamburger we had not paid for. I'm not telling you this to brag on our reaction. But as young boys, you know what we did? I marched right back in there and said, Sir, I believe God may be calling me to pastor a church one day. And I would like to return this. We didn't pay for it. We didn't respond that way. We ate that second burger as fast as you possibly could. Have you ever found something like that, discovery, that you weren't expecting? Maybe you're here today, and you've just decided to close the year out in worship, and I'm glad you are. 
Do you realize that when Jesus says today's the appointed time, now's the hour, do you realize that your life could be close to changing right now? How, how, how does that happen? Surrendering your life to Christ. Saying, okay, Lord, I give up. I'm tired of doing it my own way. Uh, I've got a prayer on my desk that says something like this. Thank you, Lord, for letting me pastor this church. And thank you for your grace and mercy. Because if you would allow me to continue to do it in my own strength, I would have messed this up a long time ago. So you get to the point where you realize you're not in charge. Now, listen to me, men. If you have to tell your wife you're the leader at home, you're not the leader at home. If you have to tell somebody you're, you're in charge, you're not in charge. And I also want to remind you, men, that the reason your wife should want to follow your guide is because you're going to love her like Christ loves the church. It should be the most natural reaction. I remember Stacy and Kyle got married and it's one thing to do a wedding, it's another thing to look at your future son-in-law. And I said this in the wedding, Kyle, don't you ever lay a hand of force on Stacy. I mean it. I'll go to jail for it. Do you hear me? Why? Because we want to protect those we love. He looked at me with tears streaming down his cheeks. No, he didn't. He looked at me with tears streaming down his cheeks and says, Okay, Greg, I'll love her and treat her like a tender treasure. That's exactly what the Bible says. The weaker vessel. And it, it's, not, it's not saying that women are insubordinate to men. What it's saying is she is the weaker vessel to be treated that way and to be taken care of. Amen? Listen to me. If you're here today with your wife, grab her hand. Let her know you're here for her. Uh, now, every now and then, we... we our wives are tougher than us. I mean, you know, we can get into something that's a little odd, and it's like, okay, Renee, take them. I'm here for you. Let's go. But we're in this together. And when it comes to this thing about sharing buried treasures, we're in this together. We're in this together. So the privilege we have to, to be a church that can do things that sometimes we only dream about and at the same time, not miss one lick of giving when it comes to our tithes. For instance, Lottie Moon. What a blessing. What a blessing that is. In 2020, we decided, due to COVID, when we got back together, that we weren't going to pass an offering plate for hygiene reasons. So we had Earl mount two offering boxes right here on the inside. For a long time, we just had one out in the the lobby. Without taking a physical offering, giving is at record highs. God allowed us through that to look at online giving, and that online giving just continues to grow. Now, why are you saying that, Brother Greg? Because God has not called us to just sit and talk about what we have. He's called us to share with a world that's looking for Jesus. Now, folks, I, I praise the Lord for every politician that gets on television and talks about their faith. I believe uh, the Speaker of the House is probably one of the most prayed-for men in America. My understanding is he's also part of a Southern Baptist church. 
we need to separate politics and faith. Separation of church and state never meant for God to be separated from a country. So what do we do? We say, okay, Brother Greg, don't you talk about money in the church, but it's interesting that 15% of what Jesus spoke in the Gospels deal with possessions, even more so than heaven and hell. He spoke more about that than heaven and hell. So it has to be addressed. It has to be addressed. So when we talk about sharing buried treasures, here's, what, here's, what, here's my, my focus, my, my theme, the, uh, the thesis of the message, is that we all step in and become part of what God wants to do. We don't talk about, boy, I go to the most giving church I've ever seen, and I'm not part of the giving. We don't talk about what God's doing, and I'm not part of, you know, we're talking about God leading us in a prayer movement, and I'm not praying for the church, or, or I'm not supporting. Listen, thank God for the giving of this church. It's, it's unbelievable. But yet, in the same sense, I believe some of us are bearing the treasure that God has blessed us with, and we're still living in a mentality, maybe like we thought of in 2004 when God let us come into this building, that, okay, has God really called us to, to be a little empire in a little town in southwest Ohio? Or has he said, I'm going to give you a better tool to continue to take the treasure to a world that's looking for the answer. I love that. I love that. Mark your Bible here, if you will. Are you with me? I'm not sure you're with me. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. Uh, leave your Bible marked, and let's flip over to the Gospel of Luke. Because in the Gospel of Luke, uh, we get a little different look at it here. Let's go to Luke chapter 3. Okay, Luke chapter 3. And we'll begin. Um, let's, uh, let's start with uh, verse 10. Okay. Luke 3, verse 10. John the Baptist is preaching. His message was a message of repentance. You all know what that means, right? It means to turn. Repent means to turn from your sin and turn to Jesus. Okay, verse 10 says, So the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? He answered and said to them, He who has two tunics, let him give to him who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. Then tax collectors also came to be baptized, and they said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said, Collect no more than what is appointed for you. Likewise, the soldiers asked him, saying, what shall we do? So he said to them, do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely and be content with your wages. Now, in this passage this morning, when you look at the Gospel of Luke, John the Baptist is challenging new believers. And I believe he's kind of helping us understand that a person who gives their life to Christ should look a little different than they used to. Now, you may have looked in the mirror when you got saved one moment and later looked back in the mirror and physically you look the same. Amen? 
uh, like this morning. I can tell most of you looked in a mirror before you came to church. There are a few exceptions. Grant might be one, but uh, I'm kidding. I, I, I used Grant because I knew he wouldn't cry about me calling on him. Amen? But all of us have looked in the mirror this morning. And uh, I don't know, at 6.30 this morning, it, I'm looking, I'm thinking, ugh. And I say, Renee, where's the hair gel? The hair gel. Why? Because I want to look a little better. I want to look a little better. And as I begin to fix my hair, I notice that silver hair does its own thing. Anybody want to say amen? It just does its own thing. Okay? But I wanted to look better. What does a new Christian, if you're transformed, what are some things that might be seen? In Luke chapter 3, I want to give you three, okay? And we find them in this passage. In verse 11, he who has two tunics, let him give to him who has none. He who has food, let him do likewise. Here's the first one, number one, A, share what you have. Share what you have. Amen? Have you ever missed something you've given away? Most likely not. Now, maybe you're hearing you say, I gave away a tool once and now I need it back. But you know what I'm saying. Share what you have. Share with people this treasure that God has blessed your heart with, changed your life, this forgiveness, this testimony of salvation. The Bible says in Acts chapter 20, Paul calls them together. I'm going to be leaving after three years. And he says, I've learned the lesson of Jesus. It's more blessed to give than receive. Secondly, he says to the tax collectors, he says in verse 13, collect no more than what is appointed to you. Okay. John the Baptist says a new believer should share what you have. Number two, don't cheat people. Don't cheat people. Be honest in your dealings. And then the third one is referred to as a soldier. Okay. Verse 14, and what shall we do? He said to them, don't try to intimidate anyone or accuse falsely and be content with your wages. The third one is be content. Share what you have. Don't cheat people. Be content. Mark, Mark, we're going to go back to Matthew eventually. Let's go to Philippians. Philippians chapter 3 and 4. So keep going to the right in the New Testament. You're going to find this little prison epistle from Paul. And he had something to say about contentment right from the prison cell. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. But what things were gained to me, these I counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Rubbish. What's another word for that? Trash that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. And I love verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Paul teaches us that it's important to be content in the Christian life. Look at chapter 4. 
chapter four. Verse 11, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, I know how to be in want, and I know how to abound. I know how to live with plenty. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Paul says in verse 11, I have learned to be content. Often when a uh, couple comes and says, oh, Brother Greg, we're so madly in love with each other, we want to be married, uh, and we have that initial interview, and I'll say, how do you know, how do you know he or she's the one? How do you know? And, and they'll, they'll talk about characteristics, about their fiancé. And, uh, and I can't really base, uh, I really can't get inside their hearts to know that. All I have is my own experience from 45 years ago. That when I found Renee, I had no desire to look anywhere else. I was content. Men, any men want to say amen in this room? Amen? And, and you recognize that there's just a peace, that this is the one. This is the one who I'm going, I, I want to spend the rest of my life with. And those of you who've been married a little while, would you say that your wife or ladies, would you say that you even think your husband is more beautiful, more handsome today than he was the day you married him? Because we grow in our marriage. Amen? Listen to me, folks. John the Baptist, his message was about repentance. He said new believers should look a little different. And really, it's an inside-out thing that takes place because you want to share what you have. You don't want to cheat people. You want to be what you see is what you get. And you, you become content with the Lord Jesus Christ. And in being content, number two... It affects your material things, your money and your possessions. Now, we try to divorce faith and finance. But for some reason, Jesus said, your treasure will be where your heart is. Um, Debbie, up in the booth, most of the time on Sunday, she counts people, heads. And someone say, what do you count people? Well, I figure if we're going to count the offering in this church, we should count people. Why? Because people count. The church is us. The church is you. We gather, to, we gather together today to say, Lord, listen, our desire is to share. We don't want to bury this treasure. Lord, we want to recognize that it's something that you've given us to share with other folks. We want to be honest in our daily transactions, and we want people to see that there's a contentment. We've found it all. We've found what we've looking for in Jesus Christ. Now, here's a good example of a life change. Luke chapter 19 is the story of Zacchaeus. And if you recall, he was a tax collector. They were not well-liked. He has this encounter with Jesus. Jesus is coming through. He races out in front, climbs on this low branch, uh, a sycamore tree, if you know anything about sycamore trees, they have low branches. They're easy trees to climb, big leaves. 
and, and Jesus sees him, calls him by name, he knows him, and says, I'm coming to your house. Zacchaeus says, Lord, well, I'm gonna make right with everybody I've cheated, and I'm not only gonna make it right, I'm gonna go way above and beyond. That's a picture of a life that has been changed. What about the widow who did not have much to give? The Bible says in Mark chapter 12, verse 44, Jesus said, for they all put in from their abundance, but she has put in from her poverty, her whole livelihood. I praise the Lord for that. I praise the Lord that, that we don't have to put up a barrier between what God blesses us with and what he wants to do in the life of his people. Number three, just like that widow, God can use you. He can use whatever you have wherever you are, or wherever you've been. A lot of folks say, I can't come to Christ uh, if you only knew my story. Well, maybe I'm glad I don't know your story, but there's one who does, and he loves you. There's one who can forgive us. There's one who gives us new starts. I believe, is it the bulletin that has 2 Corinthians 5.17 on it this morning? Or something to do with new life, being a new creature? He makes us new for the glory of God. Now, go back, if you will, to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. If God can use me, if he can use you, if he can use whatever you have, if he can use wherever you've been for his glory... Let's make sure we understand something about this treasure principle. Chapter 12, verse 13. It's called the parable of the rich fool. Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you. And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness for One's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build bigger, and I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have, met, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then, those, then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. You see, the picture here of the parable of the rich fool is a little bit different from the one who found the treasure in the field. The one who found the treasure in the field says, I've got to have it. I've got to buy it. I'm going to sell everything I have and get this field because the treasure's in the field. But here, uh, this rich fool, the price was too great. He chose lesser blessing and fading treasures. The rich man wasn't willing to give up everything, but the traveler in the field 
was. He understood what was to gain. You know, a lot of times do we not trade the right now for the bigger picture. Let me give you an example. Um, sometimes when kids go to college after high school, uh, the first sign of toughness, they want to quit. Um, and I'm not saying college is for everybody. Okay, make sure you hear me say that. Sometimes we're challenged, and our first inclination is, I'm done. When really, the big picture is the most important thing. So here we are in 2024, resolutions. So we make them with good intent. Maybe you started out well in 2023 reading through the Bible, and we got into Chronicles or some numbers and and all that history in the Old Testament weighted you down as it can do. Um, but I just finished between Sunday school and this service the last verse in Revelation. I got news for you. The back of the book still says we win. And it's all about Jesus, okay? The rich young ruler didn't believe it was worth it. I want to remind you that I've been in a lot of funeral processions. And I've not seen one U-Haul follow anybody. We check it at the door. Heaven awaits. Heaven awaits. You see, Matthew 13, the parable says, the kingdom of heaven is like this treasure hidden in a field. A man finds it. And, and listen, and for the joy over it, it's the joy of it. He goes and sells all that he has, and he buys the field. Don't feel sorry for the traveler. Short-term sacrifices pale in comparison to his reward. I thank everybody who's faithfully taught this past year or led any sort of ministry in the life of the church. There always comes a time during the year where you feel like, uh, Amber, when you feel like, I, I don't know if I can do this. Uh, I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if anyone cares. I'm ready to quit. The missionary Jim Elliott, who lost his life for sharing the gospel, said this. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Jesus, the hidden treasure. The Bible says in that verse 44 back in Matthew 13, in his joy, for the joy. He wasn't change, exchanging lesser treasures for greater out of duty. He was doing it for the joy of the Lord. So what do we give the Lord this morning? Do, is what we give him an act of worship? Here I am to worship. Or are we just singing the words? Are we doing it just out of duty? You see, Jesus in this parable reminds us what we do value, the temporary, the earthly treasure, the picture is of what we should value, the eternal, the eternal. And I believe in Matthew 13, the treasures in the field represent the treasures that we find in Jesus Christ. Any earthly thing we part with in obtaining this great treasure is well worth it. Now, I asked the first service for their blessing, and I'm going to ask you right now. 
I want on the count of three all of you to say, Brother Greg, we will not judge what you watch. One, two, three. Recently, I watched an episode of Pawn Stars. P-A-W-N, Pawn. Like a pawn shop. Some of you have seen it probably, okay? Where they bring in something of value and, and, and I think the one, that the big one on television, I think it's like in Los Angeles or Hollywood or somewhere. A man walked in and he had a coin that he had won in a card game. Guy asked him where he got it, he said in the card game, and, and the fellow there looks at it and he recognizes the coin. He said, if I'm not mistaken, man, this thing is rare. And like those episodes, and if you've ever been to a pawn shop, it all comes down to what will you give me for it? The guy says, what do you think it's worth to the owner? The owner says, I'd like to get 20000 for it. Isn't it interesting that people drop 20000 like you and I drop dollar bills? $20,000. The owner says, but I want to make sure that it's on the up and up, that it's the real deal, it's not a counterfeit. I have a coin expert, I'd like to bring him in. So this young guy comes in, he's got his uh, monocle or whatever that is, and he brings it in and he looks at it and he's, he's talking about the details of the coin and immediately says, oh, oh yeah, it's real. He goes, there are only a few of these. They started printing them and then they stopped quickly. He said, there's only a few of these in circulation. And then, what's the big question when you go into a pawn shop? What do you think it's worth? He says, oh, I have seen some of these go for $100,000. The pawn shop owner says, I should have took the $20,000 and ran. You know what he found out? He, found, he had something in his hand worth way more than he thought. You have something in your heart as a Christian worth way more than you know. Listen to me, brother. And the devil will be just happy to give you $20,000 to live like a, a sinner. To blow your testimony, to care less about representing Christ well. Church is just another thing on your schedule. No commitment to your Bible, no commitment to prayer. I mean, when you talk about a prayer life, you wish things would happen. But just like this coin that was worth so much, this treasure, that's what Jesus Christ does in our hearts. And he does it from the inside out. He does it from the inside out. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. That's where your heart is. Solomon writes in Proverbs 23, verse 5, Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings, and they fly away like an eagle toward heaven. Now, don't get this wrong. Don't, don't miss me here. Don't think that, that the Bible says don't make good steward, stewardship decisions about maybe retirement. Don't make good decisions financially when it comes to you and your family. The Bible's not saying that. What the Bible is saying is to store up treasures and make sure you store them in the right place. You see, if we're putting everything into this world, there's coming a day, listen to me, there's coming a day if the Lord tarries where I'll not be your preacher. 
where you'll not be sitting in this pew. And my prayer is that down the road, if Jesus tarries his coming, that there'll be some people that are now taking our place say, you know what? There's a group of believers back in 2023 who were faithful to the Lord, who had a generous heart and made a difference in the community God had placed them simply because they didn't live lives with clenched fists but open hands. When Jesus warns us not to store up treasures on earth, it's not because wealth might be lost, it's because wealth will be lost. Wealth either leaves us as we live or it will leave us when we die. We don't take it with us. Just store it in the right place. Did I just shoot right by number three? Okay. God can use you and whatever you have, wherever you are or have been. Number four. Are you with me? Storing up treasures in heaven remind us that we don't take it with us, but we can send it ahead. Greatest thing you can give your family is your forwarding address when you take your last breath. Here's where you can find me. Pearl, we uh, were listening to um, Gaither music on the radio or something this weekend, and we heard a song, and Renee said, you know who that reminds me of? And I said, Pat Fife. Look for me. Look for me. The greatest gift you can give your family is your forwarding address. Your forwarding address. Uh, Jesus is to be our ultimate treasure. Heaven is the ultimate place. Prepared people go there. It's what's waiting for us. And I love this. Uh, be reminded, it is not saying, for instance, Psalm 49, 16, do not be afraid when one becomes rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dies, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. The principle is giving your life to Christ and making it count. I've never seen a place like this church. What a blessing to pastor this church. That's why we don't have to beg for people to give. That's why very seldom do you hear a message from the pulpit about the importance of giving. But I want to appeal to you this morning in some different ways. I'm asking you, if you're not, to be part of the movement. When we go through First Connection, we teach all of our new people the importance of giving. This is part of your responsibility as a member of this church. We want you to be active. We want you to be part of it, and part of that is through our giving. So those of you that faithfully give, thank you. Those of you that, that, that give sometimes, I'm asking you to faithfully give. Those of you that are still on the edge looking back, and thinking that you can manage your money and live your life happier without God involved, I'm asking you to take a step and get involved. And I'm telling you, there ain't no telling what God can do in this church. And I praise him for it. I love the fact that when, when we can come together and give $11,000 to Lottie Moon, I love the fact it doesn't touch our offering because we recognize it's a sacrificial gift. So, so folks, listen to me. It's not about boasting as a church. It's about praising God as a church because he's given you, he's given us a spirit, a heart of giving, recognizing it's more blessed to give than receive. You cannot outgive God. You, we can't do it. 
Case in point, a few years ago, unprecedented, unprecedented, uh, in Deacon's meeting, we were talking about this hurricane in New Orleans, and uh, we thought, well, let's just partner with a church directly. And man, one guy threw out a number, and another fellow threw out a number, and we thought, holy cow, well, let's, let's just ask the church for then we'll do it. We'll recommend it. Do you all remember? Williams Boulevard Baptist Church, recommended to us by Fred Luter. We sent a $20,000 check to that church. Pastor was blown away. As a matter of fact, the convention was in New Orleans this past year. He wanted to know if I was coming because he said he wanted to recognize our church in front of their church. Blown away, $20,000. My goodness. Only to receive a week later a check in the mail for $18,000. Okay, Brother Greg, you're just saying that to be sensational. No, I'm saying that to be praise the Lord thankful. You can't outgive God. Now listen, when we start doing things to get, I believe that's when the Lord pulls the plug. But when you give with a good heart and the right motive, he always seems to meet the need. How about you? I'm asking you to continue, and I'm asking some of you to begin this journey of experiencing the joy of giving, digging in faithfully. Let's stand, every head bowed, every eye closed. I had a preacher friend of mine say, Brother Greg, I have a staff member, a pastor on my staff who does not tithe. What should I do? I said, fire him. You lose all credibility. God is faithful. For those of you, listen, that God has, God has just supplied your need and, and, you, and you give, just thank the Lord for, for letting us do that. For those that might wrestle with that, and I get it, especially, listen to me, young couples, those of you with kids struggling, just trying to go week to week and make it, I, we get it, I get it but I'm asking you to, to try God, to trust God. Ask the Lord, ask the Lord to help you take that step. Okay? Now, ending the, the old year and beginning a new one. Those of you that are here today that know Christ, know without a doubt, if you were to die, heaven would be your home. I want you to thank God right where you stand for saving your soul. And for those of you that are unsure, you're literally, if you walk out of here without Christ, you're literally rolling the dice of your life hoping you live another day. Would you receive Christ today? Would you? In the quietness of your heart, call on him. Dear God, I recognize I'm a sinner. And I recognize I need you as my Lord and Savior. Lord, would you come into my heart, forgive me of my sin, and save me. I believe you died for me, that you rose from the grave, and that you live forever. And Lord, I'm asking you today to forgive me and to give me a new life. Just as John the Baptist preached, I repent, I turn from my sin, and I place my faith in you. Lord, I thank you for loving us. I thank you for what we've experienced this year. 
We thank you for the opportunity today. I pray for anybody that's watching this service and ask Lord Jesus Christ that now as we come to this time of invitation that we're just obedient. I want you to look this way before we sing. If you prayed to receive Christ, amen. That's where you begin. I'm asking you to come. We're going to rejoice with you, help you in this new walk. Maybe you've given your life to Christ, and like these two that have recently come, hopefully we'll baptize. You've never been baptized. Why don't you come and say, I want to be a candidate for baptism. Jesus lives in my heart. I'm ready. Maybe God's called you to become part of this church. Okay? You've been taking a good long look. Will you come? Start the year with a commitment. Start the year with a commitment. Good song to sing. All to Jesus, all to Jesus, I surrender. Let's join Gracie as she sings. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to Him, I freely give. Everybody together. God's people said, amen. amen. Thank you for listening this morning. Thank you for the spirit of, of just quietness that I sense. And uh, I praise the Lord for his faithfulness. Amen. 23 was a great year, but I'm telling you, I'm looking at family that experienced unbelievable hardship. God's faithful. As a matter of fact, had some known what was in front of them, they'd have said, Lord, don't wake me up in 23. What's in front of us in 24? The faithfulness of God. Amen. Pray for our youth as they'll make their way back. Uh, They've been at this extreme conference. Uh, They sent me a picture last night of thousands of young people together in Gatlinburg. They watched uh, Crowder and Ann Wilson last night in concert before before they make their way back. So pray for safe journey. Okay? Uh, Anybody? All hearts good? All hearts clear?
All right, amen. Let's bow our heads. I'm going to go to the back. If you're here and you're a guest, I'd love to meet you on the way out. Uh, one thing you can do, as Cody mentioned, if you'll take that bulletin tear out, you'll give us a little information. We'll make sure we connect with you. You can drop it right in the offering boxes right inside the doors, okay? So let's bow our heads. I'm going to ask Dick McKee if he'd close us in prayer. Thank you, Dick. Truth were told, take whatever you have.